welcome back to another edition of 30 Rack of Sports. We are again doing 30 Rack virtually. Hello. Uh, can't have the whole group together. Uh, some sickness going around the, uh, the 30 Rack landscape and for everyone's best interest, we're doing a virtual show. You guys wouldn't uh, believe it. Zach did a full backflip 360 off the half pipe the other day. It was the sickest thing I've ever seen. Sickness going down on 30 Rack. I didn't know he still had it in him. <laughs> He's like a young or old Tony Hawk. I don't know. He's like a middle-aged Tony Hawk, will. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere in between. <laughs> Somewhere. Somewhere in between. <laughs> but uh, just as a note, this will be our, our last week of shows uh, for a little while. Uh, after the Super Bowl, taking a few weeks off, we'll be back in early March, so be sure to check us out on social medias. We'll let you know when we're coming back. We're expecting about the first week of March. We'll be back and well-rested and hopefully all together again to drink some beer. Uh, Josh and I, because we're not Tony Hawk sick, we'll be drinking uh, the wonderful beer that we have, actually a fun little collaboration, Cincinnati and Cleveland coming together. A crazy collaboration. And uh, and Athens. And Athens. Yeah, oh, and it's, and it's a twofer. It's a twofer. We got the, the OG and the variant of the beer. But first, of course, our intros, guys, on Monday, Valentine's Day, guys. Oh, 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 oh that's oh, right. Oh. We got to make sure we get everything squared away. Uh, sometimes you're a little bit too focused on the sports. Don't remember to get the, the gifts. So I was thinking... What kind of gift would uh, would each thirty rack host, you know, give their significant other? Oh boy! On uh, on Valentine's Day. Oh. <laughs> to uh, the guy who's normally to my right, Zach. I feel like he's a he's a giant teddy bear kind of guy. A little bit too much. It's a nice gesture, but sometimes it's it's just a little bit too much, coming a little too hard. Zach, <laughs> are you a big teddy bear guy? Uh, more of a lingerie kind of guy, but sure. Big teddy bear is always fun. <laughs> more of an assless chaps kind of guy. <laughs> yeah, for myself. It's usually a gift for myself. But <laughs> Just get yourself a bottle of wine and go after it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just love that. I do love to see the, you know, at some of the, like Walmart, they have like the humongous bears or other things. And I'm like, where are you even going to put that after like the day of? Oh, it's basically another need, like, an entire. Yeah. You're going to need like an entire yeah couch or something to yeah. put that bear down. They're bigger than the average uh, household dog. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, that's for the trash though, right? No, no woman's. I, I don't know. I've never been to a woman's house and be like, "Oh, where's that bear from?" Like, there's never a big bear sitting around. What's that bear doing? <laughs> What's that, that bear, bear doing? doing? That's who you call him. <laughs> So to my, uh, what should be to my left is uh, man on the ones and twos, Josh. Uh, Josh, I feel like you're just a, a nice bouquet of roses kind of guy. You know, a little bit basic, a little bit on the safe side, but kind of the backbone of the holiday and the, the backbone of the show here. Are you, are you just a nice, you know, red roses, not really taking any risks over here? <laughs> That's spot on, guy. Spot on. Uh, you know, you want to let them know you care, you, you, you thought of it. You know, it's the thought behind the roses. Wow! It's not always Whoa. roses, you know. You gotta, you gotta. Whoa, bar! Hey, I yeah, remembered. Hey. <laughs> Look, it's really the thought and the fact that you remembered that counts. Let's be clear. That's what I'm saying. All right. It's a busy world out there. It's a busy world, and a lot of things, a lot of dates to remember and forget. 
Greg, what, then, I'm curious. Uh, yeah, what, what are you bringing out? So you know me, guys. I got the sweet tooth. I'm saying, you know, I'm just bringing in the heart-shaped box of chocolates. Once again, you know, a nice gesture, but you're never quite sure what you're going to get, which I feel like you guys never quite sure what you're going to get out of me. You know, you could get, you know, the nice you know, dark chocolate piece, or you could get something that's filled with like raspberry or mint filling or something like oh, that. Like, Hey, when you guys, you know, get to get to 30 rack, we get in the studio. It's kind of like, Hey, is Greg going to be nice? Or is going to be an asshole today? So I feel like that kind of really encompasses me as a person. It's just, yeah. Yeah. Some days, some days yeah. on, some days off. All right. We'll accept it. <laughs> we'll take so, it. We've got a lot to talk about in the sports world. Uh, today's show primarily is going to be around the team in Northeast Ohio, making some moves and making some movement in the Eastern Conference. We're gonna talk a lot of Cavs, uh, trade deadline coming up this week, All-Star game coming up in a couple of weeks. So a lot of movement for the Cavs, also a little bit of NCAA basketball, you know, just over a month away from Selection Sunday. And then also we've got a interesting beer, as Josh mentioned, uh, Cleveland, Cincinnati, and Athens all coming together. First, let's get to some headlines. With Greg. Guys, though the Super Bowl is still a week away, there was still some semi-meaningful football this past weekend. And I'm not talking about the Pro Bowl. Although Nick Chubb of the Browns was the game high rusher with 17 whole yards on the ground <laughs> that matches about the 17 seconds that i watched the game uh the reese's senior bowl took place this weekend with several bearcats and buckeyes on the squad one standout was uc quarterback desmond ritter who had two touchdowns and only six pass attempts to help lead the national squad a squad with six bearcats three buckeyes and two red hawks to a 20 to 10 victory Right now, the latest ESPN mock draft shows three Buckeyes and three Bearcats hearing their name called in the first two rounds. On the ice, the Jackets got ready to, or the Jackets are getting ready to come back onto the ice Tuesday after an eight-day layoff following the All-Star break. The break was a quiet one for pretty much the whole team, but one Jacket, All-Star Zach Rowinski, who made his mark with a three-assist performance over the two games to help the Metropolitan Division take home the All-Star Tournament Championship. However you say that, I guess. The Jackets now hope to catch some of that success themselves as they'll need a good run to get back in, in, into contention. On the hardwood, the NBA is gearing up for the All-Star game with at least one Cavalier on the roster. Darius Garland was named reserve last Thursday to get the host Cavaliers at least one participant for the night. The Cavaliers are also gearing up themselves, getting reinforcements before Thursday's trade deadline, making a deal Sunday with the Pacers just hours before a game against them to acquire guard and Columbus native Karis LeVert. LeVert, who's on his second to last year of his contract, gives the Cavs some much needed guard depth as the team continues to battle near the top of the East, just one game back of the Heat. In the college ranks, the 16th ring Frank Buckeyes got a full week off after a Thursday postponement versus Iowa because of uh, a little bit of snow in the state of Ohio. But they did get up for their matchup versus Maryland, easily dispatching the Terrapins by 15 points behind 24 from EJ Liddell. Bearcats also got a week off with their Thursday game versus Memphis getting postponed. 
But for the Cats, they didn't quite come out with that same ferocity. Falling behind early and big against number six, Houston, before eventually losing 80 to 58. Both the Buckeyes and the Bearcats have two game road trips this week with Cincinnati heading to Tampa and Tulsa, while the Buckeyes go to lovely Piscataway, New Jersey and Ann Arbor to face the rival Wolverines. In Norwood, the Musketeers dropped four spots in the top 25 to number 25 after an underwhelming week first two of the top three in the Big East, escaping Butler by just two points before dropping a home game versus DePaul to sit at six and five in conference with games at Seton Hall and UConn looming. The Flyers of Dayton had a two-game road trip that started amazingly with a 30-point win versus VCU, followed by a lackluster 11-point loss to St. Louis that put them two games back of Davidson in the A-10. In the MAC, the Bobcats continue to roll, winning both their games easily, and now have taking control in the MAC thanks to an 11-point loss by Toledo in Muncie versus the Ball State Cardinals. Finally, in the horizon, an 0-2 week by Oakland, including an 11-point loss at the Nutter Center. The Wright State puts Cleveland State back on top of the conference. Guys, those are your OH headlines. beer of the week as we mentioned it is a collaboration this one between cleveland's own the brew kettle in strongsville and 50 west in cincinnati based on uh tony's hot nut in athens it is the ou oh yeah hot nut imperial stout now we actually have two versions today that uh, josh and i are drinking we have the imperial stout and the imperial golden stout so uh, this beer was actually released last year originally. Um, it was just one regular stout. I think it was about 8%. That was uh, the Brew Kettle in 50 West. They re-released it this year, making it an Imperial Stout. This one comes in at a heavy 11.5% ABV. So uh, certainly a heavy hitter. Josh, early thoughts on the beer. Right now, we are enjoying their uh, Imperial Golden Stout. So they have the Stout and the Golden Stout. Yeah, the Golden Stout uh, is definitely, obviously, golden in color. So it's not a different. It's not going to be the that same dark roasty stout that you're used to. But it's still got that um, the the word that comes to mind the most, Greg. I don't know about you. It's still got the thickness of a stout. That's exactly what I feel like kind of catches me off with a lot of these, you know, golden stouts. Cause you see it, you know, one of the more famous ones is, is uh, dragon's milk and they have like yeah. a, like a white version, which is their light version. It almost looks like, yeah, your normal lager or light beer. And then you try it and all of a sudden you get that like heavy, almost kind of syrupy flavor that you get out of a stout. And it's just, it almost plays, you know, games with your mind because you're expecting one thing and then all of a sudden you're getting a complete opposite of the beer. Yeah, it's it's they describe it as a mind-bending stout-like character and I think that's a great way to put it because it's it's got all sorts of different flavors kind of coming at you in a way that you're not normally used to. Uh now those that have had the famous hot nut just served at Tony's Tavern in Athens, uh I think they'd be pleased with the results here because 
very much has that kind of nutty coffiness to it. It's a great flavor under that thick stout feel. Yeah. And, you know, to mention another part of the state coming together, they actually, you know, they brewed it with the hazelnuts and the coffee. So uh, they got some hazelnuts from Heggie's Nuts in Northeast Ohio. They got, uh, you know, some coffee from Hoofhearted Coffee in Columbus. And they put together this beer that you can definitely, you can definitely pick up the the heavy coffee smell, you know, we've had a, we've had actually a number of coffee beers in the last month or two, uh, you know, very big during the winter months. So you certainly get that, but you also do kind of get that, you know, hazelnut add to it that really kind of creates that full flavor of yeah. the beer. It's, it's very, it's a lot. It's, it's a lot complex. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a lot. And I think, yeah, like you said, the hazelnut, kind of wraps it up at the end with the sweetness but it's certainly a heavy hitter it's certainly wacky for a golden stout uh but I, it's very very well done uh zach as our uh as our southeast ohio correspondent have you ever had this uh this tony's hot nut before or have you ever mm-hmm. heard of this uh yep. beverage before yeah no I've, I've had it yeah they they um they can um once in a while um and I tried to get some for us. Oh shoot, when would that have been? It wasn't too too long ago because my mom had found some at a random gas station down there. <laughs> I picked them up for my brother, and I drank some with him. And then I went back out searching, but couldn't find them. It's like very limited, from my understanding of when they can them. When you said that they can them sometimes, I yeah. immediately thought of like, oh, I bet they're just at the most random southeastern Ohio gas. Oh, <laughs> no. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. So it's um, it wasn't. Yeah, I couldn't find any. I try to keep my mom keeps her eye out for me, though. If she runs into any so we can do it on the show. Yeah, they're, it's good, though. So it's uh, so for those that aren't familiar, but the drink itself that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a shot of coffee and hazelnut liqueur. That's at least what what the internet is telling me. What what exactly is it? Um, it's re- I mean, I don't know how to explain it. It's like a specialty kind of like mixed drink almost. Okay, so it's it's, yeah. it's like a hot mixed drink. Right. Yeah. Or, okay. Yeah, it's not really a shot. Yeah. Yeah, it's some. Um, yeah, you can get down there. Um, I probably haven't, I probably had one once way back um, in the day. I've been down to OU and I mean, quite I'm, a few years. I'm sure Super Bowl quarterback Joe Burrow has, has had one oh, in Athens. I, I, I'm, oh, I'm sure. Yeah, that's a big uh, but I'm sure he has. But I, I'm sure many people, I encourage many people if they're headed to uh, the Convocation Center Tuesday night for the big game with Toledo. Uh, get yourself so oh you oh yeah it'll definitely get you ready for the game or ready for bed after the game <laughs> yeah i was gonna say i don't know if you if you try to have too many of these as we mentioned yeah you'll you need one to be percent, uh please Ugh. be responsible hey it looks like a logger it is not a logger <laughs> yeah <laughs> it looks like a logger it's not, <laughs> not the three and a half yeah. percent no yeah not quite your three and a half percent beer this will this will knock you down pretty quick so, uh, but once again, shout out, I mean, it's a wonderful beer. It's nice to see, you know, 80% of Ohio get involved yeah, in it. You statewide know. collab. 
uh, yeah, a staple of Athens, but the Cincinnati and Columbus or Cincinnati and uh, Cleveland Brewery getting some help from Columbus. So full, full wide across the state, and we'll be enjoying uh, both editions, the uh, Imperial Stout and the Imperial Golden Stout, as we get through the rest of the show here on Thirty Rack. We were originally going to look into the crystal ball, you know, with the trade deadline coming up uh, for the NBA on Thursday. We were wondering what moves might the Cavs make before Thursday. But they beat us to the punch there, making the first move. Sunday afternoon, uh, the Cavs make a trade with the Pacers. Uh, You know, it had been discussed for a couple weeks that Karis LeVert might be on the Cavs' radar. Uh, you know, with only a year left on his contract after this year. And, uh, you know, the Pacers not really going anywhere this year. So the Cavs end up trading uh, Ricky Rubio, which was morally just for, uh, you know, contracts to match up. Uh, Ricky Rubio, expiring contract, is injured, will be out for the rest of the year. So Ricky Rubio, a uh, 2022 first-round pick that's lottery-protected, two second-round picks for Karis LeVert and another second round pick. So Cavs more or less giving up a first round pick and a second round pick for Karis LeVert. Josh, initial initial thoughts on the trade. Uh, when I initially heard about it, you know, I thought good fit of all the guards available, probably, probably best fit. The more... The more I look at it, I'm curious to hear as as our resident Cavs expert your take on this because it's a great would you rather, I think, on, you know, would you rather make noise in the playoffs this year, which they're certainly capable of now, and can, they could continue this remarkable story that they've been writing this season, or would you rather draft two most likely top 35 players in next year's draft and go for it next year? It's kind of a catch-22 because you need this depth, but you also, I feel like it was a bit pricey. For me. For me. So so I I think I would say, because I've I've heard, you know, a few similar sentiments. And, you know, a lot of times when you're trading first-round picks, especially – where the Cavs have been because usually for the Cavs it's either their first round picks are meaningless because we're trying to win right now for LeBron or our playoff uh, or you know our first round picks mean literally everything because we uh, we have a top five pick in this case it's lottery protected and you're looking at you know right now the Cavs are picking mid-20s and really in an NBA draft, it's not like the, you know, the NFL draft or something where you're still going to get, you know, probably a top two player at a lot of positions late in the first round. It's kind of a crapshoot, even, you know, once you get out of the lottery and I mean, even in the lottery, cause so many kids are young, usually you get, you know, a young talent that was maybe projected to be higher that kind of flamed out this, you know, freshman or freshman and sophomore year sure. in college. So I think having that ability is great. Uh, you know, having a chance to potentially look at, you know, re-signing him, he's in extension talks after this year, 
when they still have a very young core and then getting, you know, a need that they, you know, a place where they really have a hole, especially with Colin Sexton out. And, you know, maybe a lot of other years you would say, I'm not going to go for it this year. You know, there's the Warriors are, you know, 70 and five right now, or the Bucks are, you know, 50 games ahead of everybody else. This year, everybody's pretty mediocre. And especially in the East, a lot of teams have their flaws. Oh, yeah. As we mentioned, the top two teams are, are the Bulls, who, you know, were supposed to be pretty mediocre this year. Um, the Cavs, who, you know, were supposed to be uh, a non-playoff team. And then the Heat, who were kind of a middling team that, you know, you'd expect a little bit more out of. And no team is running away <laughs> with it. So I think it's one of those things where if you see an opening, you have to go for it. I think you didn't give up a whole lot. You know, you really didn't give up any players. You didn't give up any future yeah. from the core that you have right now. Cause you have so many young guys and you get a guy who fills the need right now. You get a chance to re-sign him and negotiate with him for over a year because yeah. he still does have the year after this year. I was going to say a lot of people were saying it was likely they'd get him for next year. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, you get a guy who wants to be here and which I think is very important. You know, he's an Ohio native. So you get a guy who wants to be here, you know, there were certain other guys that they had, they had talked about such as, you know, Dennis Schroeder who would likely be a one-year rental or an Eric Gordon who maybe you might not, you know, maybe you'd have to go up something similar, but I feel like for the price that they paid, this is a, this is a great deal for the Cavs because it doesn't hurt you that much. If you think you're going to be as good as you should be, and you get a guy who can, you know, provide that extra guard scoring punch. You know, Brandon Goodwin doesn't have to be on the floor at the end of games. Nothing against him, but, you know, he's a guy that they basically picked off the street a couple, you know, a month or so ago. And now, you know, you get an extra guy that can get you a bucket at the end of games and help to kind of fill that Colin Sexton role for the rest of this year and potentially in the future to give you some <laughs> flexibility if you want to move him for another player. That's what I think is the the best thing about it is that you look at how sh short the Cavs have come in some of their losses, uh, four of their last eight losses by four points or less. So having that, yeah, having that scoring ability from a guard at the end of a game, you know, that could be that could be a couple more wins right there. And you know, I think when you talk about how even the East is, it's a matter of who can who can gain gain some momentum going into the postseason and who can kind of pull away a little bit because yeah like you said no one really seems to be pulling away at all I, I, and i mean every team every team in the east has at least you know none of them are above a 630 winning percentage and you know the top five teams are separated by a game and a half so it's out it's right for the taking zach no yeah um I would slowly agree. I, mean, I get what Josh was saying. Uh, it's a fun would you rather, but um, yeah, I think he provides, I mean, potentially a piece that could put them over the top. And yeah, what is um, finally the NBA is kind of in this year a parody league. Um, I, I felt for years it's always been one of the most boring leagues because you're looking at every year legitimately one or two teams and that's it. Um, I think, you know, like Greg pointed out this year, it's kind of as at, at this point anybody's for the taking and i think you know when you have a young core like they do and you know levert can either be a <clears throat> a one-year <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> fill in for sexton or you know obviously then next year that still gives them some flexibility to move one or both or 
you know, maybe they find a way to keep both of them and that just adds more depth for the long term. So um, I like the move. I think it's a good move. I don't, you know, I think going into our next question or kind of part of this, Greg, was we'll go back to you as the expert, if you will. Um, do, do, do the Cavs need to do anything else or is there anything else you think they need to do as far as a move before the deadline? You know, I was thinking about this beforehand because obviously at the beginning of the year, you know, they had their, they had their expectations. You had Rubio go down and you have to, you had to kind of fill in for him. Rondo finally had his first double, double as a cab, but it's kind of been up and down, you know, got the Levert piece. You wonder about still some guard depth, mm-hmm. but the question is, you know, who are you really going to get and who are you going to get to want to fill the role that you want them? You know, if you get a Dennis Schroeder, he wants to start. If you get an Eric Gordon, you're going to have to pay him, you know, $15 million for the next two years, which is definitely not worth it. Yeah. I think right now you hold firm, you see how Levert and everybody works. You kind of find some holes and then, if you need an extra piece, maybe pick up a guy, you know, later in the season when, uh, you know, past the trade deadline, sometimes people, you know, get bought out or, or cut or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's probably the better way to go. I don't see anyone that's really available, that the Cavs, you know, that would help them a bunch unless it's going big game hunting. And I don't, one, I don't know if you can get anyone in big game hunting. And two, I don't think, you know, mortgaging your future is the best idea right now. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think they've got a good, a lot of good pieces on that team right now to make a run. Oh yeah. I mean, Kobe Altman's done there. I mean, yeah, building that core, I don't think it'd be worth mortgaging all that work for, yeah, one big piece when in the past, it doesn't seem to work out for everybody. So yeah, I was kind of thinking that too. Probably best to stay put. And that's, I mean, like I said, I think that's a, I mean, were you expecting a trade like that, Greg? Or were you kind of thinking, eh, they'll flirt with it, but we'll probably, they'll probably move on with what they got. Um, I was kind of 50 50. I, the one thing that worried me about Lavert is I thought the price was going to be too high. You know, you look yeah. at his, I mean, his last two games, he put up, you know, his last game as a pacer, he put up, uh, 42, eight and five, the game before, you know, 26, five and five, like, right. I don't know if it's just the Pacers are in a tough spot where they're trying to get some draft picks. I mean, they're obvious, you know, they're right near the bottom of the East right now. So maybe they're just trying to reset, but I would have expected it to take more to get him. So I I was kind of surprised by the price and, you know, just happy that it was made. I, I would have thought, you know, getting a, right. a starting talent like Levert would cost you more and they would just do like a, a first round pick and, and, you know, some guy for money matching to, to get, like I said, like a Dennis Schroeder or someone. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, no pun intended guys, but are you ready to uh, throw it on over to the all-star game? Let's get to it. But I think first we got to uh, talk a little bit more about this wonderful beer we're drinking. Thanks to our shared ties at Ohio University, 50 West and the Brew Kettle are back for our sophomore collaboration of OU Oh Yeah. 
inspired by drinking innumerable amounts of the famous hot nut served at Tony's Tavern in Athens, Ohio. This golden stout features hazelnut and coffee flavor against a mind-bending stout-like character delivered in a golden package. Expect a fudgy chocolate, roasty coffee, and explosively nutty beer designed to be the perfect accompaniment to Brew Kettle's Black as Night rendition. Cheers to late nights, good friends, and great beer. So guys, that's what was written on the, uh, the Golden Stout. So actually what they have is uh, 50 West was the one that brewed the Golden Stout. So they have their blurb on the back and then in the white can and then in the uh, darker gray can is actually the uh, Brew Kettles version, just the regular Imperial Stout. But, uh, you know, Josh and I are the ones drinking it uh, right now, enjoying this, this Golden Stout. And I think the the writing kind of hits the nail on the head you know oh yeah the mound the mind-bending stout stout like character you do get that you know hazelnut and coffee flavor so you know all of it together it's just kind of a weird mind trick that they're playing on you but it's a really full flavored and good beer you know sometimes you're expecting out of those 11 and a half ones to just be heavy and liquory and not that great but this one's got a whole lot of flavor yeah, a heavy beer. I've been trying to figure out. I'm glad you chose to read that 50 West part because I used the word uh, fudgy. And that's really what I think the main, I guess, base yeah. of the beer is. It's a very fudgy kind of feel and taste to it. It's really because yeah, normally for, with golden, the, for a golden stout. Yeah, because normally you get that like heavy syrupy flavor. But I think it's you're right. The, the mouthfeel is almost that that fudgy flavor where it just kind of sticks around a little bit and it's you know it's heavy but it is but it's not like good and you get a whole lot of flavors it's not liquor like like you said um yeah which i think is is kind of nice and refreshing yeah because this isn't like a barrel aged or anything but it's just got that i think that fudgy thick mouthfeel to it but then that sweet hazelnut flavor it's really well done and such a cool complex beer for a golden stout you guys are making me jealous. Yeah, really really I'll, enjoyable. I'll save some for you, man. As soon, <laughs> as, you're, as, soon as you're done with the <laughs> sick backflips and your, <laughs> sick. your illness over there on the half. Uh, hopefully soon. Yeah, we don't want you to get any motion sickness with this uh, with this beer. Oh, I bet I'd be <laughs> right in a bucket if I had to guess. <laughs> well, we'll keep sipping on it. Uh as we uh, roll back onto the hardwood here. Ooh. Yeah, shout out to uh, the Brew Kettle 50 West and Tony's Hot Nut for bringing together OU, oh yeah, their uh, golden stout and their regular imperial stout with hazelnuts and coffee. We are staying in the basketball world. About two weeks away from the NBA All-Star Game taking place in Cleveland. Uh, starters were announced, no Cavs in there. Uh, you've got team captain from the East, team captain Kevin Durant, uh, along with Trey Young, DeMar DeRozan, who's had a great season for the Bulls, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Joel Embiid. Uh, also, Jason Tatum is taking Kevin Durant's uh, starting spot because he's injured right now. Um, 
in the West, some fella named uh, LeBron James is playing. LeBron uh, James. Nikola Jokic. Uh, John Morant, just a kid from Akron, Steph Curry. And then for whatever stupid reason, Andrew Wiggins also starting. So, guys, as far as the rosters go, you know, we were hoping for a couple calves, only get one in Darius Garland. Uh, so far, two players have pulled out due to injury, have been filled. LaMelo Ball is now in, and uh, 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 Jajante Murray is now in for uh, Draymond, who will not play. So, any big qualms with the rosters? I, I have one, and I'm sure he will be brought up here soon. Josh, any big issues with the with the rosters as they were announced? Uh, overall, not a whole lot. Obviously, the one that we'll probably get to here, um, I, or if we, I'll, I'll just I'll I'll lead into it now. I guess I don't know how Jared Allen doesn't make it in in someone like say Chris Middleton, especially, uh, especially when you look at uh, one of Middleton's teammates who should have made it in before him probably, but to put him in over Jared Allen, who has anchored one of the best defenses in the league this season. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how I'm, I'm befuddled. Befuddled. Yeah. You've got a guy, you know, in Middleton who's averaging, you know, 20 points a game, uh, you know, 20, basically 19, five and five, which are solid stats. But once again, he's, you know, thought to be the second best player on either, you know, the best or the second best team in the East. Uh, you know, as far as really you're looking at, um, you know, the bucks and, and the nets going into the season, uh, you know, you have James Harden who's putting up his numbers, but once again, hasn't really been a, like a top player. You got Jason Tatum who, you know, has played really well and has the numbers, but also, um, you know, the, the Celtics are, are kind of floundering in that, uh, that play in tournament area. And then you get Darius Garland who made it in as a wild card, you know, him and Fred Van Vliet were the last two added to the East. Um, and you have, you know, no centers aside of Joel Embiid out of the East. You have three from the West, really only one from, from the East, you know, as far as any of the reserves, no reserves were, were over six foot seven. And you have a guy who's, you know, top 20 in rebounds, uh, you know, a top 25 player in defensive rating, uh, as far as value over, you know, a replacement player, he's in the top 20, you know, he's, I guess the second best center in the East, yeah. You know, fifth best center mm-hmm. in the league, maybe top, even higher up. Top I don't know how you move a guy efficiency out like player. That. Top 15 yeah, efficiency player, you, top 10 rebounder. Yeah, I don't know how you leave a guy out like that, especially when, you know, once again, they're playing in Cleveland, which should matter to a degree. And when you have, you know, these stars who are having, let's be honest, mediocre, you know, yeah. seasons based on mm-hmm. what they're used to. Yes it's not worth having them in to leave a guy like Jared Allen who, you know, may not get a whole lot of all-star, you know, experience, but this would be a big time where he's having a great season, you know, on a good team on one of the best defensive teams in the league in the city where he's playing. I don't understand how so many guys that are having like 
not to harp on uh, Chris Middleton a lot, but like he's a guy that like he's he's not having while he's having a good season. It's not like the elite season that you're used to. But like you right. look at like Drew Holiday didn't make it. Drew Holiday is right up there with Jared Allen in terms of rebounding and defensively, and he's shooting nearly fifty percent from the field, forty percent from deep. It's like how how does that guy not make it on? But his teammate who's having a subpar year relative to his career, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know. That's what I get caught up in is not necessarily the snubs, not necessarily the snubs, but how some of these guys made it on. Like what? what, Andrew Wiggins? And and I mean, you like, you look at, uh, yeah, you look at James Harden. He's having his worst offensive year since he was still in Oklahoma City. You know, some of these guys are just, you know, just supposed to be all-stars now. And I understand, you know, a number of guys, you know, get in no matter what, but it's like, you know, you have these teams that are, you know, in the, like we mentioned in the top four, you know, battling it out. And it's like, I I guess the bulls got two players and the nets, you know, got two players, but it's like just Embiid from the Sixers and, you know, just, uh, just Garland from the Cavs. So yeah, I don't know. There's not back, a whole lot of like the good there's no teams. Variety. Aren't, yeah. The good well, teams aren't getting as much. And then there are random mediocre teams that are getting several players. Huh? Yeah. Well, I think Greg brought up, I mean, I think it, it should matter to a good extent, especially when said team hosting said all-star game is actually having a very good season. So obviously having several players with some pretty you know stellar years, you should have more than one player, I think, representing the city. I mean, that's kind of the point of the all-star game. Yeah. And it's a level of entertainment. Um, well, and wouldn't you want again, to I tell think that every, story too? Just yeah. from a league, league well, yeah, and he standpoint, does, he, don't you want I, that exposure? Well, then I think he, I mean, I think you guys all brought up, you know, kind of he does deserve it. It's not just a handout, you know, um, he does. And just that, that wasn't part of the focus. I mean, again, I think that's something all, you know, all-star games miss out sometimes is I think focusing on maybe, maybe making sure the host city is well represented fairly. Um, yeah. I mean, I think well, you take, the other thing is yeah. you look at, you know, he's this, I mean, in how many other sports, you know, in the, and I understand centers a little bit of a dying breed and, you know, the non, right. uh, you know, not positionless basketball, but it's like, imagine, you know, the second best catcher in the NL, not <laughs> making the team or, you know, the right, second best, one. Yeah, uh, you know the second best tight end in the uh, you know in uh, the AFC not making the Pro Bowl. It's just like he's right. obviously been the second best center in the league, you know, in the East, and to mm-hmm. you know have like I said another guard or another you know. I mean, it's a good point. Combo, it's a very combo guard roster. You know, looking. You know, you got a little bit more, a lot more balance looking at the West roster. You know, Wesley, they have three centers, traditional centers in there, kind of, you know, center forwards. But, um, yeah, you got a lot of small, you know, guards, small forwards on the East. Um, obviously, what, the last two, three minutes of the All-Star game matters. So, I don't know how matchups, how much matchups really matter, but. You know, I don't know. I think overall, I would say, I don't know how you guys feel overall. I mean, outside of maybe the, the Jared Allen, um, I, I feel like though there wasn't a lot of big snubs. 
No. Overall, no. I mean, uh, no, I was I mean, kind of surprised Ball, Lamelo was an initial. I mean, I know he is now, obviously, placing Durant. Yeah. I just thought, you know, kind of talking about that selling the sport. Yeah. Like, there's things- selling Jersey, one of the most exciting young players. I was kind of surprised he wasn't initially, you know. There's things like that that I'm just felt was lacking. Like overall, I don't have any Mm -hmm. like major qualms. Yeah. Uh, But, but I mean, you look at guys like uh, the the Spurs guard, DeJounte Murray, he's, he's averaging eight assists, eight rebounds and two steals. He's averaging that. Right. Two other players have averaged that before in NBA history, uh, Jordan and magic. So there's things like that that you and things like some of the Cavs players and things like ball, like you want to get some of those cool stories in there and represented. Otherwise, what, mm-hmm. what are we really doing here? Watching the most popular guys that we watch every other night play in this exactly. game. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, really, I would say my only, I guess my biggest qualm is the side of Allen is probably, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Wiggins is a, is a borderline all-star, definitely not an all-star starter, <laughs> you know, a guy who averages 18, four and two. I mean, uh, I sour grapes from a cast name that didn't work out. No, I'm surprised <laughs> that he, uh, you know, that he's useful. I think when a lot of people <laughs> traded for when, when the warriors traded for him, he's on a, you know, pretty terrible contract. I mean, yeah. he's, he's, a lot of people pretty much thought of him as, as, you know, Kevin Love in recent years, just a guy who's making $40 million to be, you know, mediocre. So, well, that's just another thing. That's, mean, it, when you look at the overall, like how this guy, like he's starting over uh, Rudy Gobert, like that uh, guy that's leading the league in uh, rebounds and, and blocks, I think. Either, at least he's top three in blocks. Mm-hmm. But, like, how is he not starting? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you look at guys that are averaging roughly what Andrew Wiggins is right now. You got uh, Russell Westbrook, who's been much maligned, Terry Rozier, Jonas Valanciunas, Gary Trent Jr. You Uh, know, Desmond Bain for Memphis, who I'm sure most of you have not heard of, (laughs) is, uh, is right behind him. You know, Bojan Bogdanovic is right behind him. Yeah, that's just is that really an all star. I don't know. The one thing is always nice to see the all star game. I think the first time in a, what probably 25 years the all star game has been in Cleveland. I think it was the 90s the last time. So, uh, you know, nice to have the all star game uh, back in Cleveland for the first time in a while. Always nice to see, uh, you know, Ohio gets some representations here. They always seem to do, you know, a really good job, whether it's, uh, you know, Cincinnati or Cleveland for the MLB All-Star game. Columbus did a great job when they had the, uh, you know, NHL All-Star game, and I'm sure they would do a decent job if they had the Pro Bowl, as awful of a event as that is. But, you know, it seems to be pretty good in Cleveland, in the state of Ohio. So, so shout-out to Cleveland, and hopefully they give the uh, – they give it a good time before everybody has to go to Salt Lake City next year for the All-Star game. All right, what what is brewing, Josh? We're going bock, 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 bock to Bockfest. Bockfest. The 30th Bockfest is what's brewing in Ohio. 
America's largest Bach Fest, and it is right here in our backyard in Cincinnati. The three-day-long festival is returning for its 30th year. Uh, kind of new location this year uh, for those familiar with the Cincinnati area. It'll kind of be in a park, at least the outside portion of this. Uh, will be in a park kind of adjacent to uh, Finley Market. Uh, so Rheingeist, Northern Row, Sam Adams, all right around that area, uh, plus the lovely area of Finley Market. But March 4th through 6th is when Bachfest will be this year. It is America's largest Bachfest. There will be brewery tours. There will be plenty of goats. There will be plenty of food and beer. Have either of you gentlemen been to Bachfest before? No. No, I was supposed to go a couple of years ago, yeah. uh, right before the, the pandemic shut it down. Exactly. But the I've heard some, some yeah. great stories about the goat carrying around the, the Bach beer, uh, going to all the different places. Uh, I'm not a huge Bach beer fan, but it's, it's nice to have during the days. Usually you'll get some interesting beers from, from across the, the city of Cincinnati. So always a, always a big fan of the goats and the Bach beer. Well, and definitely we'll want to try it out this year. I think maybe a little 30 rack. Uh, yeah, that'll be, tour. that'll be right at the end of our, uh, our vacation there, right? As we're aiming to come back for season five of 30 rack. Yeah. Um, as again, this is probably our last regular week for a while before we take some time off, but Bach fest, of course, Bach beer uh, associated with uh, Lenten uh, and Lent this year begins March 2nd. Uh, and guys, this year, of course, the main event, other than the crowning of the Sausage Queen, which will happen Saturday night, but the main event is the Bach Beer Experience. That's Saturday, March 5th, from noon to 6 p.m. Over 30 Bach beers from local breweries will be on tap. What's cool is that you have a lot of your, your mainstays, uh, Christian Moorline, Hudipole, one of the OGs from way back, going to be there, Northern Row, and then Sonder from Mason are headlining this. But there's also uh, 13 Below, 16 Lots, Brink, Cartridge, uh, Dead Low, Mad Tree, March 1st, Rheingeist, uh, Nine Giant, Narrow Path. Uh, and then outside, a cool thing they're doing is they're bringing some of the smaller breweries from the suburbs uh third eye brewing fibonacci brewing they'll kind of be at that outside area at that park i talked about uh near finley market so yeah. guys so many breweries all bringing their best bach beers out lot of uh activities of course um and lots of bars and breweries participating downtown of course the bach parade kicking off friday from the oldest bar in cincinnati arnold's downtown Guys, that's what's brewing in Ohio. Get to Bach Fest, March 4th through 6th in Cincinnati. Guys, Saturday, 7.30 p.m. at Sonder, Sausage Queen Preliminaries, yep. round one. Yep, that's right outside that, uh, that, that Finley Market area. The Sausage Queen will be crowned at 9.30. I know Zach's really looking forward to that. So uh, I was just about to say, only in Cincinnati can you, can you still have a Sausage Queen. <laughs> Uh, Zach, what? it's gender neutral, so you can try to be the sausage queen. Is it so gender better neutral? Fill out, uh, you better fill out your your note to uh, to want to show a... up at Sonder on Saturday. 
Well, maybe you should too, Greg. We should see who gets further. Yeah. Uh, all right. We're making you know what sausage queen does. Guys? You guys should double down and do a forty <laughs> bet on who loses uh, sausage queen. Uh, <laughs> we both have to do one. <laughs> what if I win? Then you'll. <laughs> well, then you'll get to uh, lead the Bachfest parade by carrying a symbolic tray of bra of Bachwurst sausage. So, oh wow! Oh, there you go. Oh. Well, let's so if you want to, yeah. <laughs> um, take a look. Uh, Bachfest has a no admission fee uh, registration to try to be the sausage queen of Bachfest, but you'll have to get in soon because round one is this Saturday, seven thirty, Sonder Brewery in Mason. And then, yes, that uh, the Bachfest Parade is actually uh, in the evening. I said morning earlier, March 4th, 6 p.m. They're kicking it off in the evening at Arnold's Bar and Grill. But Bachfest Hall in OTR will open at 6 p.m. and runs all the way through the weekend, March 4th through 6th, Bachfest, Cincinnati. Nice. That is what's brewing in Ohio. We're bringing out the 30 Rack Flight, which is our new segment here on 30 Rack. It's our new uh, rankum segment. Uh, flights are drink, light to dark, as our uh, as our man behind the scenes, Josh, makes sure to write down. Uh, we want to know for your four beers that are normally in a flight. What four schools from Ohio? you expect to see in the NCAA tournament selection Sunday, as we just mentioned, just over a month away. Guys, taking a look at the schools that may have a chance in, uh, in March to be in the big dance. Uh, right now in Ken Palm's top 100, uh, there are six schools along with Cleveland State and Wright State, who are at 180 and 189, who may have a chance getting that Horizon auto bid. You have Ohio State, who's number 20, Xavier at number 26, Dayton at number 62, the Rockets of Toledo at number 76, the Bearcats at 78, and the Ohio Bobcats at 86. So, Zach, we'll start with you. The four teams from that realm, who do you think is most likely to be in the big dance? We're saying four teams from Ohio, right? Four teams from Ohio. Well, I mean, I think obviously we'd have to go Ohio State, Xavier, unfortunately. Um, Now for the rest, uh, the next two, um, I'm going, going back and forth. I like Cleveland State coming out of the horizon. Why? I don't know. It's just Cleveland State. You know, we were feeling them last year. We were on that bandwagon. Uh, I'm going to ride that through. And then uh, representing the 740, I'm go with the Ohio Bobcats, pulling out the MAC tourney championship, getting that auto bid. Hell yeah. Josh, Josh. what about you? Are you uh, – are you <laughs> – Hanging out with the Bobcats as well, or maybe a Rockets guy, or you maybe hoping the Raiders can get in, or Ooh, maybe uh, another team from Dayton, hoping the Flyers can take the A10. Yeah, I've I've got a couple surprises in here. Obviously, starting with the easy drinking Ohio State Buckeyes, uh, things are looking great for the Buckeyes. 
Uh, and I think out of all the teams in Ohio, nobody's handling their conference better than them. They're sitting at seven and three in the conference, 14, five overall. Uh, honestly, it's the, the non-conference losses that they have are, that are looking worse over time uh, to Xavier, who's just sitting at number 25 now in the new poll. And uh, Florida, who I believe is two spots ahead of them at 23. Uh, but as far as their three conference losses, I mean, the, the one came to an unrelenting Purdue team, one to a number 13 ranked Wisconsin team, and then you had the poor performance against Indiana. But all of those are on the road in the Big Ten. I think the biggest thing for the Buckeyes is EJ Liddell's finally the complete basketball player that you've always wanted. Three double doubles in his last four games, 20, uh, 20 or more points in his last three. You know, they also had that number uh, that win against number one ranked Duke. So. Buckeyes are the shoe in number two Bobcats. Uh, the Bobcats I think are the second best looking team in Ohio right now. Uh, and it's going to be them or Toledo, obviously a big week uh, as those two play each other in Athens this week. Uh, but the Toledo, they've lost more of those games. Like when you look at Toledo, they've lost more of those games that they should have won, you know, uh, Athens, they've, played well against two sec opponents that they eventually just got like outsized in from the sec, but they played well in those games. I, they don't have the three ball really, but Jason Carter outstanding defensively. And then Mark Sears, Ben Vanderplas, they they're that three headed monster on offense. Number three, the Dayton flyers. No, nothing. Dayton flyers at number three. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, I, 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 I think they're like that. I mean, could they make a run in the A10 tournament? Sure, but I mean, I, yeah. are they one you would trust? I think, I think, when we're looking outside of all the team, outside yeah. of all the teams in Ohio, they're the ones that I trust the third most. I mean, they've okay. gone one and one with St. Louis right. now. They smashed VC, VCU the other night. I think the big tell on Dayton is how they play Davidson at the end of the year. Like Davidson's got like a lights out, crazy efficient offense, one of the best in the country, but they've got also one of the worst defenses in the country. Uh, so it's, I'm curious to see how they, they only have the one game against Davidson uh, and that's the last game of the regular season. So I'm curious to see how they do in that game, but four of their eight losses, they're only by six points or less. I, I mean, they, they also beat Kansas. Mm -hmm. so, so I, so. I would, I would have to throw a, a, a slight challenge flag there. Uh, <laughs> uh, what, just because I was a neutral? A no. Uh, they do have a good win, and a lot of their losses are only by a few points. But if you look at, uh, you know, uh, team sheets and, and net ranking is, is, one of the, uh, is one of the big points for the tournament committee. So they do have a win over you know, the seventh ranked team in Kansas, but just a few games before that, they have three straight losses to teams ranked. Oh yeah. 276, 284 and 292 in UMass Lowell, Lipscomb and Austin PP. Yeah. And that's so, why I think a lot of people will overlook Dayton here at the end because they got off to a, just about as her, horrendous, horrendous of a start of a season as you could possibly imagine. Uh, but you know, they've come on here, uh, Holmes, Kamara, that they're scrappy. They could, they could win the a 10, not saying they're going to win a game in the tournament, but they could make it. 
I have Xavier as four because I like guys, they're limping to the barn. I mean, the big, the big East is tough. I know, but they're, they're getting eaten alive. They're barely keeping their heads above 500. I, I was going to give them some, you know, benefit of the doubt just cause it's a tough conference, but then they, <laughs> then they just get uh drop a game to DePaul, the bottom dwellers of the big East. I think that was DePaul's second conference win. So it's like, and the bracketology has them still as a five to seven seed, but, and you know, Sure, maybe they make it, but they've fallen completely out of the BPI top 50. They're barely out of the top 60. Uh, you know, I'm thinking Xavier might make it, sure, but they'll be an early exit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right? as far as, I mean, as far as the net rankings, once again, not to be too much in the numbers, for those of you that aren't super familiar with the net rankings, usually uh, quad one wins are what they would call good, which would be, one to 30 in the net ranking at home, one to 50 neutral, one to 75 away. And then if you're getting over a hundred, you get, you know, quad three and then quad four is obviously like the bottom teams in the league. So the bottom half at home, 241 to 353 away. You know, Dayton has three, I think four losses in quad four. Uh, Xavier only has one loss outside of the first quadrant. And that was uh, their most recent loss. Uh, to number 103, DePaul uh, did only beat number 135, Butler, by two points. Uh, all their other losses, Iowa State, uh, Villanova twice, Marquette, Providence, all, you know, top 30 teams. If I had to pick the teams that, you know, I have, I would say that the top teams that could get the at-large, you'd probably have Ohio State and Xavier. I originally thought Dayton, but they have just too many quad four losses. And then you'd probably have to go with the two teams that get an auto bid, likely out of the MAC and the Horizon. The MAC, I do like what the Bobcats are doing, but you know they did have that double-digit loss at home to the Rockets. And I think I'm going to have to trust Toledo here. Uh, you know, just... In a tournament setting, you're going to have to beat these teams to win the tournament. I think I would trust Toledo over Ohio in a neutral site game for the championship. And then, you know, the Vikings, I, I saw them play uh, Wright State the other day. They have some good size, some good guard play. You know, you'd probably expect to see Cleveland State be a 15 seed or something again if they made it. But uh, I would take Ohio State, Xavier, Toledo, and the Vikings of Cleveland State. Ah. Ooh. Ooh. see i wanted to take cleveland state they've just uh they've let me down sometimes this year. <laughs> they, they just had that loss to northern kentucky sometimes i just i expected so much of them this year such a senior group um yeah. I, let me ask you guys I, sorry go ahead no i just said i i think they're they've been a team that's been about as consistent as possible you know um, 16 and five overall, uh, you know, 13 and two at home, they have dropped a couple of tough games, but you know, they've pretty much taken care of business when they need to another, you know, two and a week. And, you know, you look at Oakland's only played 12 games overall, right? State, they have a game and a half on. So as far as a team that's played a good number of games and gotten wins in the horizon, it's been Cleveland state. Although the one seed has kind of been the, uh, the bug bite for the horizon as, as the one seed hasn't won in, in several years. So that could be an issue going into the tournament. I mean, it could be a late year for Ohio teams in the tournament after what seems like every year, at least in the, you know, 
last several years where it's like everyone's every year there's at least four or five Ohio teams in the tournament. I think we're gonna have a could have yeah. a pretty light year depending on how those conference tournaments shake out. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, because I mean if 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 you know the Mac and the horizon goes uh, the wrong way, you know, in yeah. the past years you've had, you know, you can book Ohio State, Cincinnati, Xavier, and Dayton making it in, plus mm-hmm. usually, you know, at least the Mac or Horizon, you're looking at five, six teams most years. You know, you could see maybe three this year. Yeah. All right, we end our show as we normally do, giving a cheers to uh, some of the greatness over the last week. First off, want to give a shout out to several parties. Uh, the Brew Kettle from Columbus, or the Brew Kettle from Cleveland, uh, 50 West from Cincinnati. Uh, Hoofhearted Coffee from Columbus, and of course, Tony's Tavern in Athens, all coming together to bring the OU, oh yeah, hot nut Imperial Stouts. So thank you to uh, all parties involved for for a wonderful beer. Um, Also want to give a shout out to all the listeners. Uh, Thank you so much for dealing with us, uh, you know, and listening over the last month. Things have been, you know, some virtual shows, some some in-person shows, some different days. Uh, we'll be back in March, ready to go in person and getting you out that regular two show schedule starting in early March. Uh, once again, we'll have a show, this show, Friday's show, and then we'll be off till early March. Uh, for our personal shout outs, Zach, who are you shouting out on this fine Monday night? Uh, I don't have a shout out. <laughs> I am Sans shout out. Sans shout out. All right. Well, you, well, Greg stole it. Shout out the fans. So I was going to do that, but. Oh, well, I always shout out the fans. I'm going to shout out all the, all the Bearcats, Buckeyes, and, and Red Hawks from the Greasy Senior Bowl. Ah, mm. that's nice of you. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, Haskell Garrett, Desmond Ritter, uh, you know, a couple, a couple of Red Hawks whose names I, I definitely remember. Uh, yeah. What, what are they? You know, uh, you know. <laughs> Miami and, and Red Hawk. Uh, okay. Josh, you do you have one? Me. Yeah, well, yeah, I was going <laughs> to shout out, uh, I was going to shout out Desmond Ritter and uh, a nice, uh, <laughs> nice performance at the Reese Bowl. Guys, he got to roll out. He got to roll out of the pocket and make some plays. <laughs> some great throws too, two touchdowns. Uh, but then I had two shout outs for two rookies. One of them, NFL Rookie of the Year, Jamar Chase joins National League Rookie of the Year, Jonathan India, both Rookies of the Years in Cincinnati. Uh, That should have happened before in 88, Icky Woods and Chris Sabo. Icky Woods was robbed. Uh, And then my other rookie is a rookie rookie golfer uh, that made his debut in the Pro-Am. You guys might have heard of him, uh, one Schoolboy Q, uh, who had a great... uh, great interview on what kind of golf the game of golf means to him and just kind of getting away and get your mental right with the game of golf it was kind of cool to see him didn't know he golfed it was kind of cool to see him out there uh at the pro-am yeah at pebble beach what? last weekend yeah school boy q yeah yeah if you haven't i'm seen trying to look at it i'm trying yeah. to look at images his, this because i want to see him out there well golfing it was just kind of crazy and then you saw him in the interview and i was just like i couldn't even believe it with him uh Wait, yeah, Macklemore and Schoolboy Q were both there. 
Oh yeah, it was a crazy. Uh, I didn't get to watch as much of it as I wanted, but That's it was a crazy, uh, crazy lineup at the pro am this year. Shit, I should have watched that. Damn. <laughs> I saw the bill. I saw Bill Murray's get up, and I I, I knew it was going to be a good. Time yeah, Bill Murray had that sick uh, no look putt too, showing off. <laughs> bill Murray. Well, guys, for my shout out, uh, I've got two. First, I want to shout out uh, defensive lineman Dominique Robinson. And uh, linebacker Sterling Weatherford, uh, Red Hawks representing on the national <laughs> roster. Definitely didn't just look that up. So, uh, boo. Hey, come uh, prepared next time, Greg. <laughs> Making some things known. I knew there were two. Come prepared. Uh, also, oh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> Preparedness. Mr. Preparedness over here doesn't even have a shout out. Uh, <laughs> hey, sometimes people don't deserve one. I don't go digging one up. <laughs> That's true. I mean, I had one. I had one easily. Uh, shout out to to the prodigal son coming home uh, from Pickerington, Karis Levert coming back to the Cavaliers. We've never had someone, you know, from Ohio come back to come play for the Cavs. I, I don't believe I'm coming home. So just a kid from the pick. Just a kid from the pick. You know, Joe. As they mentioned, you know, Joe Burrow, LeBron James, Ken Griffey Jr. Karis LeVert. Sure. So. Sure. You, yeah. We'll, we'll let you have that one. Yeah, you're right. Joe, Joe Burrow hasn't gotten there yet, so we'll, we'll wait on him. Uh, but we will be talking Joe Burrow, the Bengals, play a uh, decently big game on Sunday versus the Rams. So we'll be sure to talk all of that and a whole lot more on Friday on our pre-superb owl edition of 30 racket sports guys i think that's going to do it for us on this tuesday show for zach on the opinions good bad or otherwise see ya for josh on the ones and twos nobody i'm so confused by you i'm greg thank you so much for listening to another edition of 30 racket sports peace